This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. Okay, welcome back everyone for another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. Again, this is a podcast for the unoffended but constantly irritated individuals. Remember, it is not our fault that everything is annoying as fuck because that's just how it goes. As always, I am your host, Sydney, discussing the latest and greatest in the news of what has gotten on my nerves this week. And y'all know it was something for sure, but I am happy to be joined by my lovely guest, Lex. Um, She's pretty well known online for her hilarious commentary and also her weekly music playlist subscription, The Lex Mix, which I subscribe to. And she gives like, the best insights on samples, as well as like the latest music that's out, I would say electronic, rap, like everything. She covers it all. So she is going to be joining me today to discuss more about one of her favorite things, music. So Lex, do you want to give a quick introduction? Sure. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Lex. Um, I am at the Lex Gabrielle on Twitter. Um, I'm a huge music head ever since my college days. Currently, I operate the Lex Mix, which is my own weekly newsletter every Monday. I give out about six different songs that I've been listening to the previous week that I really think people should pay attention to, um, as well as I try to do a sample of the week every week. And I really work hard to try to make sure that I'm not highlighting artists that always get their shine or people who are always on the top 10 in the billboards. I really try to um, highlight, you know, album songs that people aren't listening to like the deep cuts or up-and-coming artists or underground artists who I really feel like don't necessarily get what they should deserve um but anything that's good is good with me I always tell people if I wouldn't listen to it twice I will not ask you to listen to it once so and I love that so you guys again this episode was inspired by the most recent documentary, um, Tina, which focused on the legendary and iconic Tina Turner. The film, to me, almost brought like tears to my eyes. And I thought, you know, wow, I have to do an episode about this because I can only imagine the annoyance of creating your own lane in music. Mm-hmm. Yet not getting that credit until much further down the line. Mm-hmm. However, you know, this isn't uncommon in terms of Black musicians. So we're going to get into that. But starting off with the very first segment of the show, we have Fed Up or F***ed Up. Okay. So <laughs> I use this segment um, to allow my audience to get to know my guests better because you know what better way to know people than know what gets under their skin. Mm-hmm. So you can share what has gotten on your nerves this week, whether it be anything work-related, like political, anything, and then I'll share something as well. 
what have you got on my nerves? Well, I'll tell you what got on my nerves today. Um, the CDC announcing that you can go outdoors without your mask in large crowds. Like, you have to understand people are going to be using that and running with it. You know what I'm saying? People who are just walking outside are going to walk in the grocery stores maskless and they're going to say, well, I was just outside, so that's why I didn't have my mask on. You know what I'm saying? And you just opened up a can of worms for... Yes you know, people who are already anti-vaxxers or not believing that COVID is real, not taking guidelines seriously, even as simple as the six foot apart rule. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really opening it up for them to be like, oh, well, the CDC said A, B, and C. And I just really feel like that was an ill-timed uh, mandate to release and a very ill-informed thing to give. Like, you know, Americans, we can't, we can't, you can't give us nothing. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You can't give us anything. You can't act as if we know what we're going to do. We're going to do wrong. You're going to give us an inch. You're going to take a mile. And I think you should have waited until at least 90% of Americans were fully vaccinated. Not those one or two, but fully mm-hmm. vaccinated. So that really, really just blew me today. And that makes sense considering that a lot of the larger cities are starting to see the numbers go back up because mm-hmm. people are like, well, it's summer. I've been vaccinated. I can go places. I can do whatever and not really thinking about it. Like you said, to the full extent of, you know, who else can this affect? Like, and it's crazy because you keep seeing these news stories and you would think like, maybe they would think, you know, let's wait, let's pause. Let's just take a pause. And it just sucks that we live in a society where money and all that is going to rule over anything and everything else people mm-hmm. are ready to make money ready to get the um get the restaurants back bumping get the summer vacations going get all that get the cash let get back running and in order to do that you gotta let people outside but at what risk you know what i'm saying like you want yeah. to risk potentially a bigger surge and more lives just to say that you let people go outside like yeah that's kind of bogus very much so so this that blew me. It is. It's definitely bogus. And you know what? People still hold yourself accountable. Still know, <laughs> hey, I have been fully vaccinated, but I am going to continue to wear my mask. And for me in my house, the mask <laughs> rides. We still going to order them packs of 50. <laughs> still at least next year. And even then, like, I'll say this. I have not gotten sick. I haven't got a cold mm-hmm. since wearing a mask. I have not, you know what I'm saying, felt any type of illness since adhering to these guidelines. So I might keep them in my regular regular you know, moves because I live in the DC area, so I'm constantly on the metro. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly around groups of people moving real, real, real fast who might not have their hand sanitizer on them, mm-hmm. you know, the gyms, whatever. So I don't have a problem with it. So me and mine, we are going to keep on doing what we've been doing because it works and we can prove it. So as you should. Now, one thing I saw online that had me fed up because you know when you see stuff and you're just like, now why in the hell did they think? But I had that uh, revelation today when I saw this past weekend the like absolute worst proposal ever. Now, you know, I get the element of surprise with a proposal, but again, this is a this was a bit of a stretch, you know, and a bit too far considering the landscape of today, but a video emerged online. It started, I believe, from like a Reddit thread or that's where it was uploaded. But a man faked his own arrest while at the gas station before he pulled out a diamond ring to propose to his partner. And in the video, the woman, it's a black couple, the woman clearly looks like she's in distress the entire video mm-hmm. because 
he's told by the officers like, okay, get on the ground and he's obliging and he gets on the ground and the police officer asking him if he has a gun on him and all this other stuff. And the girlfriend again is still looking like, wait, what's going on? He hasn't done anything. And then boom, he pulls the ring out of his pocket and reveals like, okay, you know, this is what it's for. But I was still like, uh, no, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh-uh, no. I just, I don't understand why shock and awe or putting your partner in a situation where they got a fear for you is part of the proposal. Like, especially in this climate, in this day and age, like you're not going to go viral for that. You're not about to, like not for the good reasons, at least. You're not gonna, at all. I'm going to praise you, especially like, come on now. Like in at our big age, in this day and age, like that's what we're doing. I don't know. Like, and maybe the devil doesn't need advocating, but playing devil's advocate, maybe they like to play, <laughs> maybe they like to play like that at home. And maybe she liked it, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to a girl like me. So when I tell you I would have blacked, like literally, if my partner was in that situation and I not know, like, okay, I'm getting proposed to or whatever, if we're just out and then I see police officers, like what? Even ain't then no I probably would have passed out. Mm-hmm. Cause ain't no way. It's no way. And I think I I have to go back and look at the thread again, but I think she said yes. So I guess it worked out for them, but I already don't like proposals. I would have said yes with like a a biggest eye roll because it's like not even you embarrassing me. Like, you know, we we embarrassed now. I can't enjoy my proposal because I got to defend you because why would you do something like this? That's very true. That is very true. I saw that video floating on Twitter, but I just refused to click on it. Like, I got secondhand embarrassment real, real big. And so when I see things that might, you know, provoke that, I just don't even engage. So I'm glad you described to me what was going on because it wouldn't have been me. It was a mess. And I, I, I'm, I'm even surprised I watched it myself, considering that most times, like you said, I also get secondhand embarrassment with people. So I'm always like... I don't know if I want to look at this, but something made me click it. And as I was watching it, I was just like, now why? Because for what? For what and for why? There was there's no genuine reason as to why you would need to do something like that. Like you can show love in different ways. And that just was not one of them. And not with the police involved. Don't show me no love with any not sort of police. You're thinking about like you were able to convince police to do this with you, knowing how we view police. Really? It's not well thought out. It, it, was, it, just, it was just giving y'all doing anything. Basically. Mm-mm. But moving on to the main segment of the show, which is the Make It Make Sense segment, mm-hmm. we are going to talk about Tina. And I have titled this segment, Give Them Their Things. Mm-hmm. So, as I said earlier, guys, I watched the documentary Tina, which is now on HBO about the legendary Tina Turner. And I personally, I love documentaries. Um, so I was excited to watch it, considering I'm also a fan of, you know, what's love got to do with it. But what's crazier is, I think I love the documentary more than I did the movie, um, just because it is from such a pure an authentic place and I thought that was really like refreshing to see and when you think about it Tina Turner is like one of our most important performers mm-hmm. as black people like I put her up there with Whitney Houston, Stevie Wonder, Prince, Mariah Carey etc but the film 
made me really think about how do we even appreciate the artists we have in our current generation? You know, how do we celebrate them as they change and progress in their own journey? So just uh, giving some more background about the film, we're going we're going to discuss it more and also lean into talking about our own generation of artists. But you know, as I was watching it, I don't want to make this a focal point, but Tina was really on the road at 23 years old, becoming an icon with Ike. And she built everything about him musically. And it's just interesting how she didn't see that for herself. Like, I remember in one of the, like, in the beginning of the documentary, she was saying, like, she didn't see it because she was this skinny girl with this big voice. She didn't feel like she was pretty and all this other stuff. And it's just like, wow, like, you never really know what you're capable of. You know what I'm saying? And watching the documentary, I just hate that for the longest time, even years after like her being 23 and get on the road she still kind of felt that way like she still had something to prove like she was still trying and working and trying and working and not even doing it for her own craft but doing it for Ike you know what I'm saying yeah and that's one thing that pointed out to me like even on her rise to being an icon mm-hmm. and to be someone that so many other artists can still point to like the influence tree points back to her for so many other artists like from Beyonce to you know what I'm saying Big Mick Jagger like in the rock the rock girls the singing girls all of them mm. um and yet she wasn't necessarily able to realize and appreciate her own power yes for very very long time yeah. And I think it has to do with the fact that she was pulled in at such a young age where it's really like you're 23, you're trying to improve yourself from A, B, C, and D. And she mm-hmm. don't even know what you are doing. No one else is really doing, you know. So that's and, definitely something to point out to me. And even then, going back to how you said she was pulled into this world and she really didn't understand the uh, how much immense talent that she had is she was so young when she first started and being pulled in, I believe, by Ike, him already having that musical background and understanding a little bit more about show business than she did. It was almost as if he tried to portray it as, you know, this is my creation like her stardom and her just immense success when in reality it's like she was guided in a way but there was nothing about that that was like inauthentic that somebody was just like oh go do this it was like she put that on and funny enough is she was so different from all of the other black female performers at their time I know in the documentary they brought up like Diana Ross and the Supremes and you know Tina Mm -hmm. And how clean and kind of graceful and elegant they were with how they performed. Mm-hmm. Obviously talked about in their songs, how they sung their songs even. Mm-hmm. And Tina was rough. Tina was rugged. You could hear all of that in her voice. You could see it in her movements. Like, wasn't no one dancing like Tina? Like, Oprah mentioned documentary, like, who's a good friend of hers, which I didn't know that they were that close of friends. But I was like, okay. <laughs> um, mentioned how, like, she would watch a performance, like, a, like, kind of similar to like a Holy Ghost spirit would come over her that someone could put all of that into a performance Mm -hmm. Um, and how like there really just wasn't no one like her and you know it's it's so many different roles to go on down with that but it really just speaks to how you know here was this black woman Mm -hmm. was you know kind of the beginning of approaching the aggressiveness and the rigor and the uh, the roughness of your sexuality of your being of your musicality and things like that like that rasp in her voice 
mm-hmm. that people really try to name it, but a lot of the girls can't do like that. Like, <laughs> they, they ain't got it like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, her and Shaka are really who I look for when it comes to, like, that, 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 I don't know, like, roughness, that, that. Feel. It's, like, free. It's free yeah, and it's sensual. Exactly. It's not, like you said, as polished as exactly. a lot of the other <laughs> artists back then so many Rippleton or those people that were a little bit more like Motown where they're clean and mm-hmm. cut she was in a completely different lane from the rest and even then um I know they talked about how she had so much range but then she would pull back so for mm-hmm. instance with um the first single I believe that she did on her own which was River Deep Mountain High and they talked about how commercially it was somewhat of a fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is with the music industry, like, you know, we always hear those things of the music industry working as a machine. Like you have to put so much yeah. in for even promotion and marketing. So at that point in time, they liked Tina, but they were just like, well, we associate her so much with her husband. If this doesn't work out, then it's just not meant. So I feel like that, kind of also was another roadblock in her path like well you are different and we're trying something different but we don't know if this is going to be as popular as we thought Mm -hmm. and I and I think that was that's just what I I know I'm probably skipping ahead but that's what I be hating so much about when we give black female artists their flowers there's always some sort of attachment to a man warranted or not that can sometimes overshadow what they've done. I think about Whitney and Bobby. I think about Tina and Ike. I think about how Jay-Z is not asked, how does he balance being a rapper and entrepreneur and fatherhood? But Beyonce is always inquired on how does she, you know, become the first white woman to perform at Coachella and raise three kids. You know what I'm saying? Like the standards are different. And I really think that Tina Turner, well, Tina, I'm gonna drop that Turner. <laughs> I really think that Tina was really trying to get it that like by going public with what was happening, saying like, this was not no roses and no rainbows, honeys. Like mm-hmm. this was pain. Like I hate that she says that, you know, she was hesitant about people making a story about her life because it wasn't a happy life, right? um and how again like when she went on her own people didn't want to take a chance from her because she wasn't with Ike you know what I'm saying not recognizing that the reason that Ike was with Tina was because of Tina you know what I'm yes. saying there was, it's, it's not the other way around dolls you don't get records like Proud Mary without Tina you know what I'm saying Tina could have easily found someone to play bass and have a mm-hmm. little like but I could not have found anyone like Tina from Nutbush Tennessee basically Um, basically (laughs) it just it's just I don't it just really speaks to this issue of why is it that black women black female artists and music typically are not allowed to exist and get their flowers as often Mm -hmm. without some type of attachment to their romantic partnerships be it positive or not Mm -hmm. and that's just the one thing that I did not like and I can't say I didn't like it in a documentary because that is part of Tina's life, but I just hate that for her. Like this clearly painful portion of her life for upwards of like 20 plus years. Yes. Maybe even longer. It's so instrumental to who she is as an icon that she's not necessarily going to be able to, like she'll be able to attach from it or detach from it um, mentally. But when we look at her discography and the professional documentaries on her life, that's always going to be such a huge portion. 
Yeah. And, and I think what the documentary sheds light on in a different way to me is like just the level of exploitation it reached with Mm -hmm. Ike. Like she didn't even choose her name. Mm-hmm. Tina Turner he just came out like oh yeah I was we were watching something on television one day and I like that name so I was like okay you're going by Tina now and it was just like okay what well, has done and even then I guess it's just the amount of like manipulation and possessiveness that he had over her in the documentary she even talked about how she felt that she had to help him become the star mm-hmm. that he worked to be even though she was the true talent Cause she felt like, well, you know, I guess he saw it in me, sort of speak, and gave me my platform. But at the end of the day, it's still like you can be you without him. Like you, she did that much that later on down the line. But just to think, like she couldn't even see that within herself. And then, right. like you said already, black women face so many hurdles in the music industry. There was nobody around her, like. Mm-hmm. rooting for her in that retrospect because they're all like well we women too we don't know what to tell you exactly. we're mm-hmm. also um you know being held back and I like how you brought up too with a lot of women it's always associated with the men and the relationships mm-hmm. that they've had over time even I know they brought this up with the film the United States versus Billie Holiday like mm-hmm. they talked about the abusive relationships that she was in and things of that nature and they're like you know at what point does the actual music that the artists produce come into light compared to, you know, those really, really, really Mm -hmm. turbulent and traumatic personal lives? And I feel like it's a stark balance, right? Because we want these artists to be real and authentic in in their stories with us and tell us about, like, you know, how they too have gone through these things. And I think it just speaks to, you know, how Black women as a whole, famous or not, are often subjected, unfortunately, to trauma-filled relationships, trauma bonds, or even if we're not, the things that are the darkest moments for us tends to come along with us even in our life and in our accomplishments. Um, And just how, especially for whatever reason, in media and marketing, whatever, that's always attached to it. Like, yeah, we don't want to hear about your music, but we we want to hear about your music and your new album. But talk to us about your last relationship. Where's what's the stance on that? You know what I'm saying? Like you can and, and how it also reminds me how that's not changed. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm-mm. you know, Turner went through it, so Weedy is going through it. Whitney Houston went through it. You know what I'm saying? Like how if the years go on, that has not gotten any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and not allowing these artists to get their things not because of how much they dealt with from a man but because of what they have given to the music industry how they have inspired you know future artists to come you know what i'm saying like i'm sure that there are going to be more and more artists who wish they had the stamina of tina tina was performing like four to six shows a night yes imagine doing proud mary six times you know what i'm saying in full i can't even see it for myself and like that stamina keeping your voice being a dancer keeping your body right you know choreography wig change song all like you know they ain't have no makeup artists they didn't have a whole little crew with them a stylist these women her backup singers they put on their makeup in the the back like we do okay no type of crew to come along and just how like 
girls when they want to perform that's what they that, that's what Beyonce was looking at you know what I'm saying like yes Beyonce's stamina and her ability to perform and like dedicate herself into giving a full performance yes her it really was Tina like I see direct influence from that and mm-hmm. even their performance in the Grammys um when Beyonce attributes to Tina, Tina Turner um Tina's still keeping up that's the gag you know what I'm yes. saying so it's like I I I, I want moving forward and i'm happy that tina is now not even living in the country no more <laughs> her own thing and vibes so she ain't gotta deal with this but i want more of that for our female artists i want them to get their things for what they have given not who have who, not who they've been with yes and that is a wonderful wonderful point and even then i wanted to go more into how tina kind of reinvented herself so, you know, they brought it up a lot in the documentary towards, like, I believe they had it like part one, part two, and part three. But towards part two, they just talked about how her image was unclear mm-hmm. um, now that she was no longer with Ike and how she wanted to be a rock and roll star. And the women weren't selling out like the Rolling Stones. Plus, she was a little bit older. She was like in her 40s, I believe, at this point in time. And... I feel like the same thing happens to other women like this, though, because, you know, when they change lanes or even when women are in lanes that are more like predominantly male, Mm -hmm. it's so much harder for them to get that credit and get that recognition. So I was even thinking about like rap music. You know how tough they are on the rap girls. They are so tough. They, well, she's just cute. She she can rap, but she's not sexy. Or it's always some sort of criticism. And I'm like, what even then, you know, qualifies for credit in the music industry? Like, is it even awards? Like, what what? how do you get that recognition? Especially, like I said, going back to Tina, who was in rock and roll, where this is more male-dominated. You got all these male guitarists and bass players and drummers. There mm-hmm. weren't hardly any women in it's and it's so difficult right because it's like men can kind of experiment and do whatever it is they want to do and if they fail at it if they're not that good at it they get right back to doing what they want to do what they were originally doing and knowing by side i think about all the time how michael jordan was playing basketball then decided to go play baseball for a bit and then came right back like nothing happened like no one had anything to say um, and just how, for whatever reason, every female rap artist gotta be lyricist, lyricist, but you gotta be cute. But you gotta make music for the club. But you can't be too revealing. But you can't talk about your sex all the time. But you gotta be woke. But you gotta be court. You gotta have choreography, and you gotta, you know, what I'm saying, be able to play an instrument. But you also gotta collab. And when a man is on your song, you can't really talk about. You can't outdo him. Well, if you do outdo him, you're not gonna admit it. Da, da, da. Like it's just so many variables to just make men more comfortable in being mediocre. If you ask me, like, I mean, and and don't get me wrong. Let's keep it a buck and keep be the stack like everyone is not no Nas everyone is not no Rhapsody everyone is not no yes people like you and IT why it's not always about that sometimes it really is just he's about to get ready to go to the club go to the hookah bar and what's the problem with the variety and there's no problem with that and it's like okay if you don't like that you don't have to like that but there are several Several different artists you can pick from. You, for whatever reason, are not taking time to find them out. So quit criticizing the girls just because they're doing things that you casually accept from men. 
you know what I'm saying? Like men are not, if we keep in the book, men rappers are not just the hottest thing in the swap right now. Like when people get up there with one singular DJ and five background standards, <laughs> not even dancers, standards, and come to the club and make you sing their song to them. What's we'll see? Y'all don't complain then. But it's just something about the women that brings it out of them. Because something even then I thought about, I forgot when this was, but I remember a while ago there was this whole just uproar because I believe Megan the Stallion, she was like, she received, I don't know if it was the BET award for best rapper or whatever, but she was up against like a little baby. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh my gosh, she's not the best rapper. She not this and she not that. And funny enough, I even looked into it. It was literally a vote-based award. So right. one, y'all dumbasses didn't vote. Exactly. Two, so what? And so then, what does she want? If you're not a fan of hers, move on with your life. And then the thing is to do the same thing with the Billboard Awards, right? And Billboard is literally based on airplay and radio play and all of that and sales. So it's like, you going to ask why Megan Thee Stallion in a year where she had at least two viral songs and records, one of which including Beyonce, is winning a Billboard Award <laughs> based on radio sales and not Mr. Little Baby. I, 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 yikeroonies, honey. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, and it's just like, had, had the roles been reversed, had the facts been laid on the table for the little baby, y'all wouldn't have had an eye. Y'all wouldn't have been asking why he did or did not win anything. Um, And it's just so many different examples like that. Like, once the girls come in the game, and even the fact that now that rap women are being a lot more open and honest about their autonomy especially sexually how they feel about men romantically how they are not about to submit to anyone that they want to submit to how they're their own you know person how they too can want to be with you one day and not the next all of a sudden it's time to raise kids all of a sudden it's time to be role models all of a sudden it's hot it's time to talk about what if your daughter was listening at like it was not the case you know what i'm saying when these men were talking about the same exact thing now all of a sudden when the girls come out it's time to raise the children confusion Mm. always confusion always Mm. confusion and the thing i still love though about most of the black women in music is they continue to prevail no matter what the circumstances are who Mm. says whatever they still continue to do their thing and even then that's exactly what tina did and funny enough i was thinking about this (laughs) you probably be like girl but tina is funny as hell because she flipped the entire script like Mm -hmm with what's love got to do with it that single how does she steal a white person song and turn it out like that you know she turned that song out the same way that we tip we we (laughs) (laughs) we always make things better like what is it and i will always love you by whitney houston that was Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. You can keep the song. Like I don't, I don't even want. I don't even want to do with it. Like I can't even do anything like that anymore. Like mm-hmm. that's what we do. I'm absolutely not surprised. Sat down, flipped it, and reversed it, and made it a hit. I can't imagine anybody else in this life singing. And it's an anthem. Like it is an anthem, and it came out in 1984. And I know they brought up how literally the album it was on Tina. She knocked that entire album out in two weeks. 
and mm-hmm. it sold 20 million copies. Because mm-hmm. who? That's amazing. You don't even hear about people selling 100,000 units now. People barely doing that. And it's like, granted, something fills the streaming industry, ah, ah, ah. But it really goes to show that back then, if you had the talent and you had the talent like that and you had the power like that, People were standing in line to buy your music to try and get it first, regardless of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, and she just knocked it out, knocking out hits. Like, that's the dedication, that's that heart, that's that stamina mm-hmm. that I, I keep on referring to because it's like that's what these people need. They need to make sure they keep their stamina up to run mm-hmm. these races with these people. Um, <laughs> and Tina had it. And she I, did. And, and and had it in spite of anything else. Because clearly, if she really wanted to, she could have quit music after she left Ike. She could have said, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. Mm-hmm. I want to spend time by myself with my kids. I don't want to put out another single hit. I'm good yes yet and still she was like you know what i can do this i am a talent and here we are today so just really like a testament to what i hope i really hope that current artists are watching the documentary and just taking notes Mm -hmm. this little paper you know what i'm saying type it up right on the ipad if you guys do but take (laughs) notes what y'all was able to do she Uh, was and mm -hmm. she influenced so many people like even in i was looking back at it you know like her and missy elliott Mm -hmm. have a popular song in common even though it's a sample by another artist Missy Elliott literally sent her like a tweet like you know I dedicated this song to Tina Turner because even hearing it back then I knew this I wanted to incorporate whatever level of like iciness and freedom that she said in her tone in that song I wanted to bring that to my own song and I'm just like that is amazing just to think about the gap in that generation and her still being like nah this is who I was inspired by and funny enough she had to undergo this transformation and we've seen similar artists do it like I think about Beyonce and Rihanna and you know they are both way more soulful at Mm -hmm. their ages now like they were talented as younger women but you know now it's like a completely different vibe all the way around and my thing is you know a lot of times people want to drop off and just ditch their favorite artists when they change it up or they do something new and they always like well that's not how they did it in the past Mm -hmm. well I feel like now and it's like if you're a fan you're a fan Mm -hmm. correct correct and it's like it's kind of contradictory right because when they change up it's like um what happens to old you I like your old stuff earlier when they remain the same too long it's like switch it up give us a new flow give us a new sound sound like your old song so it's like which one do you want and I think that Rihanna and Beyonce are really good examples of how their eras also heavily reflected their lives, right? Like, as Beyonce grew up, she's not doing B-Day no more. She's not talking about being, you know what I'm saying, devoted to Jay-Z or what that these songs no more. She's talking about being a woman and understanding what love really, really is and her babies and growing into this strong, powerful person that she really is. Same with Rihanna. Rihanna's not the same pound to replay girl no more. You know what I'm saying? Rihanna is, it's, Rihanna had an era, Rihanna had an era for every album. Yes. So much so that you don't have to look for the album cover. You have, you can look at the, you know, 
you, you know, know you know from the hair you know from the wig you know from the from the style of her dress like she fully engulfed herself into her craft that it was reflective in her music so i agree like both of them grew with their music and made errors with every single album that they dropped and similar to tina she reinvented herself as she grew as a person and reflected that in her music without feeling tied to anything else she had done before, regardless of what label says, regardless of what her fans might have said or anything, because she knew that if she's going to make good music, it has to reflect who she is as a person. And I really think that, you know what I'm saying, that should be a standard. You know, yes. You, you can't stay... You shouldn't have two albums that sound exactly the same. And my thing is, too, I think people forget about reconnecting with the artist. I think people, like you said, they get so stuck on a certain sound or image that they like an artist to portray that when they lose that image, they're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to find somebody else similar. And it's like, well, no, you can kind of not so much put them on ice, but you can be like, well, you know, her sounds a little bit different now. I still kind of listen because you never know when you can go back to that same person and be like, oh, my God, this is completely amazing because I mean another example this is a man but to me The Mm weekend, his whole progression and trajectory like he's completely evolved over the years Mm -hmm. not any of his eras have been the same Mm -hmm. in any sort of light and people still rock with him I don't hear as many complaints with him as I do the actual females true because me I am a House of Balloons fan true and true you know what I'm saying? And so while I might not be able to get down with his newer or newest stuff, mm-hmm. I don't knock his progression. And I don't take away the fact that he is evolving and experimenting as an artist. So I just, I, I agree. I find it different or rather interesting that when women do it, all of a sudden it's like you switching up, you're trying to make things that I and it's tied by my neck as I am to Beyonce's B-Day album, which is personally my fave out of anything she's ever done. I don't expect her to ever make something that's just like B-Day. I don't expect her to ever make another four again. I don't expect another self-titled. You know what I'm saying? Like, I allow her to evolve the same way that her husband is celebrated for evolving. Like, we don't have drug dealing, <laughs> imaginary playmates, Jay-Z, no more. We have very reflective, introspective, you know, talking about how he can set things up for his family, for his wife, for more generations, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And no one is really, no one's complaining so much. Like, I hear a few things, like a few trolls. Like, don't want to hear no 50-year-old raps. Like, <laughs> but, but really, though, like, no one's giving him as much crap about it if they give anyone who's a woman. Yes. So just hate that it's like a thing too that has not changed as times go on. Yeah, and I feel like with more people of like a diverse background stepping into music journalism and being kind of not so much the face of the culture, but those talking heads and asking those questions, I feel like it's getting a lot better because even then I feel like this film did a great job of just showing how, even though it was like heartbreaking to see how these journalists kept honing in with Tina, even then, like, well, why have you changed your sound? Well, what about Ike? And how does that connect to him? I think people know more now, like you can't do that. Cause again, Mm -hmm. the artists, they progress along with their own personal lives and allowing them to see that is what helps like propel them forward. And even then too, one thing I was gonna bring up now that I've noticed with a lot of artists, and I feel like this is helpful 
Like you don't have to say like, fuck your fans, but taking a break from social media. Yes. Megan. Oh my gosh. Like Megan just announced the whole thing. Like she's about to recharge and prepare for what's next and she'll holler. And that, and I, that's fine. Like, I think we as humans should do it, but I love when artists do that because to me, that tells me that you recognize they're trying to do all these partnerships and these sponsor posts and trying to keep up with the, with the, with the Jays, the Kardashians or whoever, mm-hmm. um, and engage too much is going to keep you from really engaging in devoting time to your craft and what's next for you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's real, right? Like, you know, you can look at studies about mental health and things like that. Like us being tied to social media can become unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that artists are like Megan, like others, take the time to, you know, decompress from it while they're working on something. We don't hear from Kendrick Lamar for like a year. If that, that man do not, he don't talk to us when he is busy. He do not talk to us when he is working at all. And what we get from that is some of his best work that can oftentimes be better than what we heard before. And I'm sure on a personal note, he ends up feeling better than he felt before he went in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I always, always think about that. Like, yeah, I love when the artists say, all right, y'all, I'm back when I'm back. But until then, don't look for me. I love that. As they should. And I feel like that's definitely, like you said, you're recharging. You're taking that time to hone your craft and even realize, like, you know, so much has changed. How can I reflect that in my music? I know even Ari Lennox, she's mm-hmm. taking her own little break, Lizzo. So mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of revs you up. Like, you know what? Well, what are they doing in this time when they aren't interacting exactly. with us? How are they going to plan, not so much to make this comeback, but make this re-entrant, so to speak. And I just think that's great. Because even then, we've seen that with Jasmine Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. hotels? Amazing. We didn't see that coming. We were just like, damn, we missed her. We right. missed the music. So when she came back, it was more of like a welcoming. And she, But she knew she needed it. And she knew that whatever she... First of all, side note, Jasmine Sullivan is one of the most consistent and consistently leveling up artists we have in the game today, but that's not what we're here to talk about. But yeah, like, the fact she took that time off and gave us a product, a project like Hotels, which, you know, is up there with some, with some of her best work, if not, like, her best work. You know what I'm saying? Like, the dogs just be needing time. And I love when they take that time. Like, you, you ain't got to talk to me. If, you, if you're if you not talking to me or talking to us for three to four months, it's going to produce a self-titled, a hotel, whatever. Don't talk to me. I don't need to hear from you. You you do what you need to do. Do You owe me nothing. If you come out giving me that, you don't owe me a single thing. And two, I think we've reiterated this time and time. And I'm just going to make this like, sort of like our closing um, for the main segment. But you know, music is a culture and these artists like give to us so much. So again, what would you just say is one way that you think more fans can appreciate the artists we have now? Is it streaming? Is it buying into artists' other endeavors, whether that be fashion or just any other new avenues that they have? You know, I I think that... One of my opinions is that we can appreciate artists now by appreciating artists that we have had already, right? Like, I love samples. That's one of the things I do with the Lexmix. I always try to give people a sample as to why one of their favorite songs is what it is, you know what I'm saying? So being able to recognize how everyone is influenced by 
previous artists can make you appreciate the artists themselves more because it shows you, oh, they actually have studied this person. They clearly are a fan of this person. They clearly have elements of A, B, C, and D in their work. So I really think doing your homework, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know some, of pe- some people or more people now than ever were born in 2000. Mm-hmm. People walking around this earth born in 2002, which is crazy to me. Um, but do your homework it don't take nothing for you to go and listen to matter of fact it's something i encourage people to do and i'll get into my other tips too but if you have spotify you can literally type in best rap songs of it'll show you the best rap songs from each year for the past wow. couple of years so i've been diving into what rap sound like in 2002 it sounded like in 1997 when it sounded like 2010 you know what i'm saying and i'm able to clearly see how while a lot of things have changed a lot of things remain the same. And it makes me appreciate artists like Drake, like Roddy Rich, like Yo Gotti, like, you know what I'm saying, Outkast, who have created their own sounds, but have still in some type of way paid homage to rap artists who came before them and R&B artists who also created these amazing samples and things that have given us iconic records. So death to your homework. Um, <laughs> for sure, if you love an artist, buy some of their music. Don't yes. just scream it. Buy some of their music. Uh, Quiet Kept Labs is part of the reason a lot of dolls are fashionable partners and tummy tea advocates is because they're not getting them streams. And the streams, you know what I'm saying, are not paying out like buying the album on iTunes will. Like mm-hmm. purchasing concert tickets will. You know what I'm saying? So if you really do enjoy an artist, buy what you can from them. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like tell a friend to tell a friend yeah. word of mouth is still the best marketing tool that we have today you know what i'm saying you can bet you can do marketing plans you can pay social media strategy you can post videos whatever but word of mouth hey i like this song i think you would too oh who's that artist send me the link oh hey listen this new album came out and write a review on it oh let me reach out to this artist and get an interview on my platform so they can get more fans of their work and I like word of mouth is still a very very relevant way it is of what you do and not even from a music standpoint that's what anything from a restaurant standpoint music fashion food whatever mm-hmm. telling people about the things that you like and enjoy is very 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 important that's what I do with Alexmix if I can make one person enjoy one song (laughs) or to download and and do a deeper dive into an artist because of what Mm -hmm. I told them to listen to I've done my job that's all I want so definitely be sure that you're telling people about these artists you love because what you don't want to happen is they don't blow up or they blow up mad late from when they were supposed to yeah it's like well I was listening so-and-so back in 2007 (laughs) I went to a concert down at a hole in the wall in 2013 (laughs) And one morning, we weren't there because you didn't tell us to be there. <laughs> you know what I'm we would have been down there. I wish you had to told us what was going on. You can't have it both ways, sis. So be sure that you spread the news about these people so that they can get their notoriety and thus get more fans, mm-hmm. get more reason to give more music, and then mm-hmm. everything will be a better place. And I feel like that was wonderfully put. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could add anything <laughs> else to that. Like, you really did state claim to how you can support these people who you love who literally kind of create those moments because even you know you have certain songs that you associate with certain memories and everything so these artists are very much an integral part of the culture and life for 
just anybody else walking around just experiencing life in general. So I think that was so, so, so well put. And moving on to the very last segment of the show, we have mm-hmm. You Are Drove. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer for all my non-St. Louisans, uh, mm-hmm. Drove is a term for mad, sad, or when you just thought how something was going to work out. And it didn't work out. It did not work out. I was my Mizzou days. I'm already known. I'm already known. But you guys, this week's You Are Drove goes to Franketta A. Taylor of Birmingham, Alabama. She was arrested in the U.S. Virgin Islands after authorities say she submitted an altered negative COVID-19 test. And it's just like, if I recall, and let me Google this real quick before I say, no, I I am not going to lie. You don't even need a passport to go to Virgin Islands. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. So I'm sure like, now wait a minute. Was it like you had to buy extra stuff to go here? Was it if, if you really take some days off work to go like girl you don't need much to go out there so i don't understand why you could just get that test mama's like she submitted a negative like altered test to the online travel porter and they said she is literally facing charges including fraudulent claims upon the government access to a computer for fraudulent purposes use of false information and filing or recorded forged instruments and the u.s virgin islands is not playing because they require all visitors to provide a negative covid test within the first five days of arrival and miss thang said i ain't got one of them on me but i'm gonna find one and, and that got her and that's that negligence i be talking about like you cannot that is a whole island a huge tourist destination that is simply trying to keep themselves safe mm-hmm. from this pandemic, highly contagious disease. And they are simply asking for you not to have it. And one thing I will say, I do, I'm not a fan of the U.S. healthcare industry. I'm not. However, vaccinations are free <laughs> in several different places. So is a test. So, again, it goes back to the thing, like, you didn't have to buy no passport to go. So, you could have went anytime you wanted to. You didn't have to pay for a vaccine and say you was vaccinated. And you, you shouldn't have had to pay for a test. Because a lot of places these tests and things or sites are free. So, that's just negligent. You know what I'm saying? What is over there in the Virgin Islands so bad? She could not wait. Could she not could wait. not wait. And they said she is the seventh person thus far who has been charged with altering or like forging a COVID test in the portal before visiting in the Virgin Islands. And that's the thing I'll be talking about like oh like for what like if you don't want to get vaccinated whatever if you do not think the COVID is real whatever but you cannot be so committed to that that you ignore the law and allow your personal belief to cause you to infect a whole other group of people that ain't got nothing, nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that now. You can't do that one. 
And I think, and even now, like you said, was the juice really worth the squeeze? Because, again, Virgin Islands is going to be there. I get it's beautiful. You want to be in the sun. Hell, I want to be in the sun. I want to be at the beach. But but not at the expense of me sitting in a jail, <laughs> my home jail, and not at the expense of me potentially paying facing hella fines and jail time and some of that stuff you read off sound like it was given felony very much it was, very it was, much so it was giving me felony so now you're a felon because you want to go to the u.s virgin islands an island which you have access to as an american <laughs> which <laughs> that's part I love how you keep reiterating like girl it was like i could under not understand but it's like it would have made more sense if it was like Jamaica, Spain, Greece, places where we, you got to do a whole lot to go in them places. You know what I'm saying? Like if you already had a pre-planned bachelorette party, vacation, anniversary, whatever out there, you going to do whatever it is you got to do to get there because you got to get the passport. You got these long flights. It's going to take like a day or two to get over there. Mm-hmm. All this other, you probably already got your money converted, whatever. You don't have to do that for the U.S. version. <laughs> and that's no knocks to the U.S. version. I, I love them. I want to go there so bad. But not so bad that I would forge medical documents and then get caught for it. Now you're sitting in their jail where they don't play that. I've seen the representative from the U.S. version. Island. She don't play that. And what you out there doing? That's I, Okay. Well, hopefully... Um, she's out the news story was published on al.com which i believe is alabama live um the news outlet and it was published on sunday and when they reported on sunday she was sitting in the jail because the, her, i think her bond was like five thousand dollars but hopefully miss thing is out but when she is on her way back to the united states of america she will be facing charges from the u.s government and it's just like, it's just not worth it, child. It's not worth it. You can go there at any given time. <laughs> the flight not that long. <laughs> that just blew me. Like, I literally had to stare and Google that. Like, girl. It blew me when I read it. She, This woman risked it all. Even at this point, I love traveling. I love going different places. But even now with COVID and everything going on, I have literally been like, is it that important? Is that really? Because it requires so much. I just got my second dose of my vaccine today. So I will be in a better place to go out places with my mask on because not only am I not crazy for myself, I care about others. And because people are not going to automatically know that I'm vaccinated, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm just negligent. So putting the mask on over my face is not going to bother me. But anywho, um... You're right. Like, it just make this whole thing has made me realize, like, what is the uh, most importance? Can the trip not be postponed? Can I not get the flight back? You know, can I just tell work, you know what, I'm not going to use these days this time, JK. <laughs> so, if all the things can be done, then why am I sitting here for you know? well yeah don't don't let yourselves end up drove take necessary mm-hmm. precautions upload actual factual valid covid mm-hmm. test results mm-hmm. um 
But you guys, that is it for today's episode. This was a blast. Lex, do you want to tell the people where they can find you at again on social media and how they can subscribe to the Lex Mix? Yes. So my personal Twitter handle is at the Lex, L-E-X, Gabrielle, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E. Um, for my personal page and then my um Lex Mix Twitter is at the Lex Mix, you know, simple as that. T H E L E X M I X. Um and then once you go to my Lex Mix page, my pinned tweet includes the link where you can subscribe. Um and I send these emails out every Monday, sometimes on Tuesdays, but so typically every Monday. Um, you know, so join me. Well, that sounds great. And again, you guys, if you are the music aficionados that you claim to be and want to keep your ear to the streets, please Mm -hmm. subscribe to the playlist. I know me personally, I love getting my music from wherever I can because, you know, music is constant. It's one thing that is continuously changing. Mm -hmm. So you guys, that's it for today's episode and you know I'm gonna do my little spiel but as somebody that is an avid complainer I don't mind hearing the complaints of others but only when it is necessary and right so Mm -hmm. let me adjudge your annoyances both big and small to see if you should be annoyed or offended and you can email them to annoyed not offended at gmail.com thanks again for tuning in you guys bye bye y'all Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.